0: Mason, mm-hmm. you want to hear a story? Yeah. So the general contractor that I work for right now, the company has five total people working there. There's the owner, there's the office administrator, and up until last week, there were only two uh, two field guys. The third field guy got added last week while I was gone on my honeymoon. So uh, I was talking to my supervisor before I left and said, um, It'd be funny to mess with this guy... And tell him that I have Tourette's... (coughs) And so... And make it just like... uh, A thing out of it... So... uh, He did... He told the dude that I had Tourette's... Like last week on Monday... Apparently... And he told me today that... uh, It was like an entire week... Until like Friday... He asked like... How does he deal with the customers? And the... My supervisor goes... You can just turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this is my first day back at work. And I stopped by the job site that the new guy's at. And here comes Tourette's Thaddeus. So, I'm doing, like, the swearing and just weird, like, whole night. Like, it's played up to be a very, like, Overdone? No, no, no. Like, just, just a touch of Tourette's. Oh, like, okay. just to make it, like, more believable. Not like they've got some handicapped person on the job site. But could tell, like, my supervisor introduces me, like, doing a little bit of the thing. And this guy, uh, we get left to kind of finish up this thing on the job site together. And I can tell this dude is being quiet. Yeah. Um. So, but eventually I come up to him and I do, like, a Tourette's question for him like have they sent you to the doctor yet and he's like what i'm like well the company gets and i'm doing like the whole gestures and then mm-hmm. the swearing in between and all that stuff but uh since i have tourette's the company gets a check because uh, i'm disabled so they sent bent our uh, the my supervisor to the doctor as well to get a note for him saying that he has it and so, uh, they're going to send you as well, uh, so that there can be a check, uh, check given. And he's like, He's like, So I get a check if I go to the doctor? I'm like, No, the uh, the company will get a check. He's like, Well, what are they going to do? I'm like, They're going to diagnose you with Tourette's. He's like, Okay. And that, and then like, because I was kind of doing a different type style of speech, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I'm like, ah, I'm just kidding with you, dude. I don't have Tourette's. <laughs> he's like, Whoa, okay. Like I've never met anyone with Tourette, so I just thought I was uh, like, okay. Do <laughs> you want the whole day like that? It was just the end of the day when I I met him. So it was you just... should
1: have tested his loyalty,
0: dude. Should, I. You,
1: it would have been funny if you were just like like said you had Tourette's, but like don't act like it. Just call everybody like names. Be like, dude, you need to get this done. You little pussy ass bitch. <laughs> and then and then just go up to him and be like, hey, like I don't really have Tourette's. I just. I told him I did, so I can keep cursing at everybody. and <laughs> See how long it took for him to tattle on you. I
0: told management that, so I can keep swearing at them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I went
1: to school with a kid who had Tourette's. He I, he had multiple disabilities, but he also had Tourette's. Really, he was a really nice kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of the kids our school like they weren't like you see in the movies where they get bullied and stuff like that. It didn't really happen. But this one guy was in there, and we I think it was. Rex sports playing basketball he just scream everybody would laugh they thought it was freaking hilarious but uh, three of my buddies and they're all black we're doing we're doing something and he like the teachers were in the gym the teacher's explaining something and he just like stands up and uh, screams at f- uh, s- five times the n-word and we're talking Uh-oh, about ER. And the face on the kid, his face, like he turned ghost white and just stared at my buddy. She's like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they were just dying laughing. They thought it was hilarious. But this poor kid, like his soul left his body after he realized what he just said out loud.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Oh dude, I felt so bad for him. But it was just like the, uh, my friends were like, at first they were like, like staring, like they were messing with him, like staring at him. Like, what did you just say? And then just started bursting out laughing.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So I've got funny turret stories. That's hilarious. Yeah. But damn. You know. Yeah. So did the guy come back next day? We'll see you tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> this happened today. Yeah. Today's Monday.
0: Yeah. And hopefully the podcast will be out Tuesday. So. Yeah. But. It's been a couple of weeks. So. Yeah
1: it's been a weird couple of weeks. I was telling you earlier. I've always been sick for like. Three weeks. It feels like forever. Could it be valley f- fever? Maybe. I felt like I had the flu. I got sick for like I was in grade school. Couldn't sleep. Flu. Might have been COVID too at the same time. I don't know, but it was something. I just felt fucked up. And then I started feeling a little bit better but not fully. And then I found out I had a sinus infection. So today's the first day. Day three antibiotics where I feel normal. But I just feel like I've lost so much time. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've been out for so long. How many emails did you have when you came back? Uh, like 150-something. <laughs> I mean, I che- I checked my emails periodically, and if it was, like... There was only, like, two emails that needed, like, immediate attention because I have some closings coming up. But, like, I just didn't... I didn't text people. Like, I was just so out of it. I didn't even want to text people back. Like, I missed your wedding. How Speaking of that, how was your wedding? It was good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of friends and family. Um, Does anybody, anybody get oh. like shit faced?
0: No, but here's what. So I was I was on strict orders from the fiance, now wife, that to be on good behavior, right? For the wedding. Mm-hmm. Cause I wanted to have fun, do like pranks, stuff like that. So I was like, all right. Uh, I didn't, I eventually didn't tell her what I was going to do for the rehearsal. But I told all my guys, I'm like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're being told that we need to be good for the wedding. We're having fun at the rehearsal. (laughs) We're going to show up, and here's the dress code. Pants, um, but no shirts, and (laughs) either suspenders and a bow tie or just a tie. So everyone except for my brother shows up, and we come piling out of cars. Her family's there. She's got family that she hasn't seen in years there. And here we come. Just don't care shirtless, chest too? Dude. Oh, yeah. I'll have to show you a picture. That's hilarious. We should put it. How like, pissed off was she? She wasn't too bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, it actually worked out. So, it was hilarious. So, the whole night you guys were just shirtless with ties and straps? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time, too. Like, everyone had a good laugh out of it. So, But um, my brother heard that I wasn't allowed to do anything and decided to step up and be the good best man that he is. And decided, all right. I didn't promise anything to his (laughs) wife. So, he shows up, and him and some of the groomsmen go in one of the other rooms uh, where we're getting ready, and they're not letting me see what they've got in there. Uh And they come out, and they're like, all right, everyone's putting one on. It's a dog shock collar. Oh, Jesus. So, everyone straps it to their legs. Each person has a buddy, and there's three remotes. So... We started like, playing games with it where we'd put all three remotes in the other room and then we were shooting pool shots and if you made it and the other person didn't, you got to go in the room and choose a random remote. So you might be choosing your own mm-hmm. remote and just click it. Uh, we left them on the entire, basically the entire night, probably up until like 30 minutes before we did like the exit mm-hmm. for um, the whole like night. So... They didn't do anything during the ceremony. My brother also bought a taser. Like, full on, just I the. Shoot the taser. No, no, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what he also started doing during the reception was as he's going and saying hi to guests, he'd be like, Guess what? I have a remote that controls a shot collar that's on Thaddeus's leg. Would you like to press it? So he probably went to, like, three tables just handing them the remote, and they're just clicking it to watch me jump because I'm like, son of a...
1: <laughs> Did it hurt? The jolt, just like a jolt?
0: Yeah. Well, so you could have... There's different levels. There's 1 to 16. Oh, shit. And basically the agreement was, hey, we're not going over 10. And there were a couple... There was a couple of times... I think there is... I got hit by sixteen like two or three times oh. that day, and that one is you are. <laughs> Did you drop? Uh, just about. Like you're just. It's bad. So. Have
1: you seen the videos where they do it like, the like, everybody shoots a free throw, or something like that, and if you miss, it's like all the random ones,
0: and you have to pick one and kind of the same thing. Yeah. But it's around their neck. Oh. Dude, part of the hard part was like they've got the two prongs that come off of it. So by the end of the night, one of the things that just hurt was the prongs like pressing <laughs> into your leg. Not necessarily the electricity. It was just like, this is just uncomfortable. But that's hilarious. Yeah, it was a good time.
1: And that was just the rehearsal dinner or wasn't the wedding? No, no,
0: no. That was the wedding. So oh. we put those on getting ready for the wedding we had those on for wedding pictures the photographer started getting mad at us and then um they stopped during the wedding ceremony because the wife was like hey oh yeah we're not doing this oh i
1: wish i was there i would have held the button
0: oh dude what uh, was the longest it wasn't too bad because everyone knew not to like hold it down just cuz they weren't i just would have been like
1: bzz, bzz,
0: bzz. <laughs> as soon as you got up <laughs> But that's the thing too Like everyone's got Like you've got each other's remote So Mm -hmm. if you see Like if someone buzzes you You're gonna end up buzzing Like it just starts A chain reaction So
1: That sounds awful Yeah And did the wife know that That was going on Beforehand Or she figured it out
0: She found out Like during pictures Oh shit Was that after the ceremony No Before You guys did pictures before Yeah I did the first look And all that good stuff Nice So
1: What were you guys' colors like, did you wear
0: a black tuxedo? I, we did black on black suits, and then you we, didn't. What did you do to like be different? Probably the black on black, but no. But I mean, like usually, like you know, like oh uh, for like the like all the grooms and groom. will wear uh,
1: yeah. a uh, a tie. The the groom's the actual groom will wear a bow tie kind of thing. We did
0: it reverse. I did a tie. They all did bow ties. Nice. Yeah. So. so yeah. yeah. It's cool. One and done. Nice. <laughs> I don't want to pay for that again.
1: <laughs> is that as the uh, customary,
0: the uh, bride's family pays for? It? Is that out the window these days? Uh, their family did help out, so I don't want to pretend like they, did they didn't. It. but still, they, it was an expensive wedding, and between the wife and I, we did end up paying for a lot of it. We did pay for a lot. Ouch. So, nobody yeah. got too drunk. No, and it was out in. Was at Queen Creek? So yeah. a lot of the people that were coming Had a drive back Yeah So uh, It was No one was getting too crazy We've got a lot of alcohol left over Oh yeah So if you want some Let me know and What kind is it? Vodka Rum Jack I
1: oh, had yeah, to Should have brought it in today
0: It's at Joe's
1: house Oh is that say Oh he's dry now though
0: Yeah He doesn't drink They had just collected it Because they were In the wedding party Yeah Got it out of your way Yeah Nice, hell yeah. So, it was a good time. Yeah. Went to San Diego afterward, spent the week there. They had the... uh, We had planned on staying in San Diego just outside of Coronado Mm -hmm. and spending most of our time on the Coronado Island, going to the beach, all that stuff. Uh, They had the, basically, warnings on the beach to not go in the ocean on Coronado Island because there's a sewage spill oh. from Tijuana that is basically coming up the coast of California. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So we, we ended up going up to some other beaches farther north, but it was hilarious yeah, just well, getting Yeah, well,
1: Coronado there. just has pretty beaches. Yeah, they don't get really, like, waves or anything like that.
0: Coronado? Yeah, yeah, can... yeah, they do. They get great waves.
1: Coronado Island, like, you have to go over the
0: bridge? Yeah. Oh.
1: Maybe I'm remember that wrong. I used to go to San Diego all the time.
0: It depends, like, it depends on the time of day and when did the you tides board? coming in and out. Not really, no. We didn't swim too much because it, it was still cooler outside. Like It's 60-some degrees oh, during yeah, the so day, it's so, so it's cold. like... Yeah, but we did get in the water, have fun, and just mostly kind of relaxed on the beach. Went so did to the you guys zoo bang in the ocean? We did not.
1: that would be hard to pull that off. You have to go at night.
0: Yeah. Did you stay like, on the beach? No, we we stayed 15 minutes off of. 15 minutes away from uh, Coronado Beach. So it worked out perfect that we were just outside of like San Diego downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Costco like right around the corner from us. So we were like, nice. <laughs> um, but most of the stuff we wanted to get to was all within 15 minutes. Well, that's not the bad. The zoo was 15 oh, yeah, minutes the zoo's away. Right there, yeah. yeah, so it was. We accidentally picked the perfect spot. <laughs>
1: nice. Hell yeah. So I love San Diego. Yeah. I'm probably going down there this summer for her to do uh, deep sea fishing. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that the, uh, it's like a 48-hour trip or whatever? Uh, there's a bunch of them. You can do half-day trips, full-day trips, two, three-day trips. Yeah. I think we're just going to do either like a half or full day there. That'd be cool. Yeah, because my buddy lives in California. Nice. Whoa. Cool. What is it called? I don't know. Small little town, not by the beach. No, yeah. it's, it's a, like it's weird. It's a small little town, but uh, Trevor, who works with us, he mm-hmm. grew up. He grew up in that town.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, That's super funny. weird. Yeah, I've had some...
1: Victorville. <laughs> Victorville. That's what it's called, Victorville. <laughs>
0: I've had some friends who went and did the deep-sea fishing thing, and they came back, and they just stockpile the fish afterward. Yeah, I, I wanna, ate some of the raw fish, too.
1: I don't like fish, but I like to fish. I want to really? catch something big, like a big-ass tuna that takes, like,
0: 45 minutes to reel it in. Yeah. That'd be sick. My grandfather went up to Alaska to do some fishing and caught something that was about uh, five feet long, because he's got the picture of him standing right next to Damn, it. Damn, that's sick. Yeah, and... I would love to do something like that or go to Alaska and do, like, some salmon fishing and then cook it, like, right there just to be, like, you, you don't get any fresher than this. You don't get any more authentic than this. This is straight from pull it from the river, ocean, whatever, and yeah, go from there. I used to go to Minnesota. Uh,
1: we used to go fishing in the mornings, and my Aunt Jenny would, because uh, they have, like, pike and bass and stuff. So we would catch a bunch of bass and stuff, and then she would cook it for dinner. That's the only oh, time nice. I ate fish. I would think I was, like, last time I was there, I was 12. But it was, like, like they, she put it in, like, batter deep-fried oh, it, yeah. so, like, I could eat it. You don't like fish? No, I don't. If it breathes underwater, I usually don't eat it. <laughs> I'll eat shrimp, like fajita shrimp. Not even salmon, though? No, I've tried. I've tried to get into it because it's like, you know, healthy for you mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but I just don't something with like the fishiness plus
0: the texture. Mm. Just like, ugh. Dude, I love salmon. There was a time when I was eating salmon like twice a week.
1: I wish I really wish I could.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I figured out a recipe for that. That's one of the things that I feel like I cook the best. Like Salmon? My the best dish that I can make is salmon, yeah. I'll grill it and with some uh, I looked up a recipe on how to make it one time and it's super simple with like lemon and butter and whatever and then I added on to it so one day I looked up uh, I found like a brown sugar salmon recipe didn't read it and I was like okay I'm gonna throw brown sugar on my salmon it was (laughs) awful but basically figured out um, one of the things that I do with it at the end so I'll cook the salmon I will melt butter And then put some brown sugar in there, stir that all together, and then I will pour some of that on the salmon. Because one of the things that is hard with fish, and uh, especially, like, I don't know, for me, it's been with salmon too, is that if you, when you cook it, you can cook it like in the aluminum foil to try and keep all the juices in it, but you're still sometimes gonna be just drying it out a little bit. Which, if you pour that butter over it, since that salmon has got lost a lot of the juiciness, Mm -hmm. it's gonna soak it all up. So it has that butter with a little bit of brown sugar soaked right inside of it. So that flavor is just...
1: Sounds good. Do the same thing, but do it with chicken.
0: Probably could. Start off with some lemon, cilantro, olive oil, and salt. Be the way to go.
1: Hell yeah. That sounds delicious. I'm fucking starving. (laughs) (laughs) I really am.
0: you looking something up right now? No, I'm ordering food. (laughs) That's how hungry you are? (laughs) that's
1: how hungry I am. (laughs) What are you getting? Chipotle. Solid. And hopefully they don't deliver it in the middle of the podcast.
0: (laughs) They're bringing it here? Yeah. That'd be hilarious.
1: Yeah, they won't. We shouldn't be podcasting that long. What time? 7 o'clock. We're not be podcasting at 7. They're always late. Oh. Like 15 (laughs) minutes late. 7.09.
0: Do you ever get annoyed at, like, all the delivery fees? Yeah. I
1: don't usually do it that much. I went through a span where I was doing it, but I had gift cards. Oh, yeah. And, like, Apple Cash from, like, winning in fantasy football. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. So I would just, like, oh, I have it. So I did it. Yeah. Order to the office.
0: My dad, when he got COVID and the first time he went to the hospital and that was like the... So people from the church would, they would bring meals by the house or whatever, mm-hmm. but they would also just like drop off like, hey, here's a DoorDash gift card. And that was the first time we'd ever used it. But even just looking at the bill on that, it's was like, holy crap, because...
1: Yeah, I don't do DoorDash though. I just, I download the restaurant's app. Mm-hmm. It seems to be cheaper that way. Because DoorDash
0: like, just adds on top of it. Yeah. Because that's where it's like you've got a delivery fee, then you've got the company's fee, and you've got. It's just well, like, then also everything's priced higher. Yep.
1: So, unless it's something that I can't. Like, they don't. Almost did ice cream once, but I just figured that'd be a bad idea. <laughs> It'd be melted
0: by the time we got here. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. Trying to think, what else have we got for you? That's it. That's it? That's mm-hmm. all we've done?
1: Yeah, well, the last three weeks have been a blur. I don't really know what happened.
0: <laughs> huh.
1: Well, should we just get into it?
0: Yes, we should, if we got, ran out of our BS to talk about. I feel like there was something else I was going to tell you, though. Uh-huh. I'm going to think of it later and just be like, wait a minute. Were
1: we going to talk about the employer stuff?
0: Yeah, which I was gonna lump that in with our serious part, but okay. Do you that, or we can talk about your sex life? Yeah, the wife really doesn't want me to do that. That's probably, good especially idea. on the podcast. Yeah, which I have a funny story to tell you off air. Did
1: you did you incorporate the shot collar?
0: No, uh, <laughs> my brother or my friend, he kept those because they he bought six of them and to buy two of them was $70. Jesus. Yeah, that dude spent over $200 on getting all of those. Yeah, worth it? Yeah, but still to have your friends be like we're going to spend hundreds of dollars just on your wedding like that. I'm like, "All right, guys, like just give me the 200 bucks." <laughs> no, not even <laughs> that. Just like, "Wow, okay, thanks." Like, I don't know, the I had a good time with the groomsmen I had there just cuz a lot of them just I don't know, super close friends like is I don't know. It was a, it was a cool time. Where, like we had a, cool moment we shared all before the wedding. But yeah, very cool. So, how old are you? Twenty five. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was show, when we were driving out to California. I was showing the wife uh, some Dave Chappelle from the Chappelle Show. She's never seen
1: it before. <laughs> no, Well, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs>
0: so I showed her the uh, racial draft. And then, oh, that's funny—the yeah. black-white supremacist one. Oh, uh, yeah, those are classic. Yeah. So um, now we have a thing where we start going merge power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. All right, let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm joined by Mace Oxendale. What are we drinking, sir?
1: Uh, just some classic water, you know. Trying to get my uh, body back to normal. Get hydrated. Good old H2O. Yep. High quality.
0: And then we have got the Shamrock Farms chocolate milk, the whole milk, because that one is the favorite. And then uh, for this week, which you guys probably won't notice this, Joe will be with us Thursday when we'll have a guest on the show. Uh, And so you'll see that episode next week, but uh, he had some stuff to do for his car tonight, but he'll be with us on the next episode. So getting into our numbers real quickly to give you a snapshot of what's going on inside of the real estate market here, specifically in the greater Phoenix area. But then hopefully this also kind of gives you an idea of what else is going on uh, wherever you are. We have 8,848 active homes. That's down 896 from roughly last month. Closed 5,780, down 400. And let's see. I thought that was actually up. Yes, up, sorry. 471 interest rate 6.95%, which is up half a percent. Two by fours, 325. Those haven't moved in quite a while. Plywood, 1425. That's up $2. Half-inch copper pipe, 29, 26, which is up from a month and a half ago, but from what we usually check is a month, and uh, that's staying relatively stable there. So, numbers-wise, um, oh, here's what I forgot to mention, and I feel like this ties into our numbers. Uh, we're recording this on the 22nd of May. Mm-hmm. The first episode that we did as a group together was November 18th. It has been six months that we've been doing this on a pretty regularly basis. So, back when, which would be cool, let's go even check those numbers. Back when we did our first numbers for that, though, there's uh, 18. Our active, I believe, was 16,000, mm-hmm. 15,857, and closed was at 4,222. So, We've seen that number since then. I think it went to 16, and then from there has just slowly, slowly started coming yeah. down and is about half of what it was six months ago. Closed has very slowly increased from 4,222, and now we're uh, we're closing in on 6,000 if things keep trending in the same direction. So, um, I don't know. In all of that to say, interest rate – Just went up half a percent again. So, yeah, that hasn't, I mean, it's been in the
1: high sixes that whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and like right now more houses are closing. So, I mean, what is that? Almost 1,500 more closed homes. Than six months ago. Than six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, I mean, people are still buying. I don't really think that interest rate's affecting it too much.
0: I feel like interest rates freaked everyone out, and then a long enough time period went by where people were like, all right, we still got to move, yeah. and that's what we're seeing. Exactly, yeah. People
1: are still moving. Yeah, I think we just saw like that was kind of the people were still listing their houses thinking that they could get an uh, abnormal amount of money for it, and then people were always still buying and move. I mean, like, how many people are here locally in Maricopa County? A lot. <laughs> You know so people are still buying and selling I mean the even the uh, uh, price of homes like we've plateaued and even slightly going up a little bit so it's not like home but you know usually with low inventory that means there's a lot of people buying out there which leads to competitive offers multiple offers driving the price up thus you know increasing the value of the homes but we really haven't seen too much of that yeah, I mean, even most of my listings, uh, the ones that haven't appraised at the purchase hasn't, you know, been too far off. So it hasn't been too much of an issue. Yeah.
0: Which, and I feel like, I know you hate this, but to me it's, like I always say, it's a marker as far as if we even track the median purchase price mm-hmm. over the last six months. Or even the last three months, if that's what the appraisers are doing. We haven't seen a cliff that it fell off of. That's why it makes sense as far as the appraisals come in very close to any of those offer prices that you're getting on houses. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah. to your point about the population too, I just pulled it up. This is 2021, which I believe it has increased another 200,000 possibly since then, which would put us at like 4.7 million people in Arizona, which we could probably say 4.6, but yeah, 4.6 million in Maricopa County alone.
1: It's a lot of people.
0: Yeah, People need places to live. So, but like, Knowing that number, right, we've got, even if we were to say five and a half thousand people are moving every month, that's going to be 66,000 people. Mm -hmm. So if we were to say four and a half million, let's see if I can get my numbers right, divided by 66,000, 66,000, math. It's like one in sixty-eight people.
1: One in sixty-eight people.
0: I believe so. If my math's right.
1: Are they buying or selling?
0: That's for houses sold.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Everybody wants it to be. Oh, hey, it's a good time to buy, or it's not a good time to buy. Like that's not necessarily true. We talk about it all the time. It's definitely more situational.
0: Yeah, which I think too. Like, the point being for here is that when you think about, there are. Four and a half million people in Maricopa County and five thousand tracks transactions, five almost six thousand transactions happened mm-hmm. in the last thirty days. Like for us where we're when we're always tracking those numbers where it's like, all right, we're in the fours, then we're okay, hey, we broke the fives. It's like for us it seems like that's a lot, we're doing good, and like can it can it get higher than that? And then you're like stepping back to be like, there's four and a half million people here. Mm -hmm. Like, what are we talking about? Yes. People are moving. How many, like one in 68 people are having life crap happen to them. Oh yeah. Yes. They're moving. (laughs) Yes. I know.
1: And just because the interest rates were so low, like people have either refinanced or they purchased a home with a super low interest rates. So it's like, like we, like when I call and talk to people, like, it's like, if you like your house, why the fuck would you move? Especially with the low interest rate, you right. know? So you're not seeing a lot of those people that are, you know, moving every four to five years. They have so much equity in the house. They have a low interest rate. It doesn't make sense. I mean, if anything, the interest rates are hurting the higher priced homes just because a lot of people are getting priced out of it. Yep. Because they can't afford as much, whether it's the house itself or just the fucking house payment.
0: Yeah. And you're telling me that you're closing on several right now and I think you've got some other active deals going. So from what you're seeing even just personally with those are you still seeing seller concessions and all that?
1: Oh yeah, you're always getting it. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, as a
0: buyer's agent if you're not,
1: you know, unless you, you know, you're talking with the listing agent and there's multiple offers on it or there's a lot of activity, you know, but like 99% of the time you know, you're at least asking for it yeah. to see what you can get, you know? So like it's, you're still and which is a normal market. Like a normal market is like you always, you know, most of the time you'll, you know, ask for a little bit of concessions and stuff.
0: That's kind of, there's a give
1: and a take. Yeah, exactly. A, a normal thing.
0: So, and I think we've talked about this before, but just to touch on it briefly, as far as, uh, you've got a couple of listings going right now when you were having the conversation with those people, did you, um, did you even just talk to them as far as seller concessions? It's going to probably be a very real thing that the buyers are going to ask for, and here's what it would look like to the bottom line in regards to what they could possibly walk away with. Yeah, you always have that conversation with, like, the listing presentation.
1: Even when I uh, run their numbers, you know, so they want to, you know, if we list it at this price, this is what your profit's going to be. I always tell them, you know, like, I always put down a number for, um inspection stuff and or concessions you know you know not like super high but you know around in the middle just so there's just to account play that expectation that they're probably going to ask for something and if they don't that's a good thing and definitely you're most likely they're going to ask for something to be fixed or ask for a credit so yeah you definitely set that expectation up on like realistically if we sell at this price this is you're going to be your walk away and then even when we uh if we get offers Whether it's one or multiple ones, you know, I always reference that, you know, uh, because I always save copies of it. It's like, yeah, we talked about this was the the walkaway number that we were, you know, hoping to get. So with this offer, this is what your walkaway number is. So we're pretty close to it. We're at it. We're above it, kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, you got to set that expectation. I mean, that's just no matter what market is, except for maybe during like 2020, 2021 did talk about that the only thing you'd talk about would be like uh, concessions yeah nobody's gonna ask for that um and yep. yeah i
0: told you about that client who called me right
1: yeah who wanted you to re-up on this yeah yeah
0: like, well i learned about concessions and things like that yeah that wasn't around when you were doing things so
1: yeah that was over a year ago times have changed yeah.
0: whatever all right, keeping with the real estate topic, do we want to jump into some down payment assistance program talk, or what are we thinking? Yeah, so, I mean, during 2020, because
1: of the unknown or whatever, they, they stopped a lot of those down payment assistance programs, first-time home buyers, but they're starting to pop up again, uh, especially with, like, the interest rates, and it's just being harder for people to get, you know, approved for a loan. What was that thing going around? Oh yeah, the loan level price adjustment that everybody was freaking about, mm-hmm. freaking out about. Basically, I mean, you probably already know the ins and outs. That most people, you know that are reading about it and all that kind of stuff. It's it's, you know, at first the headlines were if you have a terrible if credit, you have score, terrible you credit mean, score, you're going to yeah, you're going to have a better Uh, interest rate, you're going to have a better... It's not that. It's exactly what it is. It's a a loan-level price adjustment. So depending on your credit score, basically... um, Depending on your credit score, that's kind of like, you know, the better credit score you have, the better kind of interest rate that you can get. Um, That's why, you know, the advertised interest rate isn't necessarily the one you're going to get, depending on what your credit score is. All they did is they just uh, adjusted that price difference. So it's going to, you know, so now if you're, you're not getting a discount for having a lower credit score, it's just the difference between a good and a lower credit score was so
0: huge that they just lowered it a little bit. So they're still getting. So it's still better to have a good credit score than a bad credit score? Always. So, yeah. and the payments reflect that as well.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, it's just, if you were going to compare it on like a spreadsheet kind of thing, uh, like then versus now it's just that they're going it's going to be a little bit better for the person with the lower it's just to help the lower uh, credit score people afford a home to buy so like yeah don't lower don't get a shitty credit score because you're trying to buy a house that's going to fuck you so um, yeah so that, that was just a weird thing that got out of hand because I guess you know what Social media, where <laughs> people just read a little bit, they could figure it out that it was just it was just, it's just a price adjustment. Yeah, you know, um,
0: which that that to me is so dumb because like I, honestly, I mean I'm not I saying I agree the, with it either. Like okay, well, but at the same time, for I didn't know the ins and outs of it. I had just seen headlines. So for you to walk through it, it like to me, it makes still makes sense where it's like the the disparity that we saw. Whereas if you have a six hundred and forty credit score, compared to if you have a seven hundred and twenty or better, was it was pretty insane. Yeah. Especially with how the house prices have gone so high, the interest rate for us is now higher. But um, like, for it to be, hey, we're just closing the gap on that. It yeah. It, if that were the headline, it's like okay, business people care, but. Obviously, clickbait. Yeah, sold it, it, to be, it else. would be
1: a comparison. I always think that's funny when you get like a, the overdraft fee charges on your bank account. Yeah. So you get charged extra money for not having enough money. Yes, even though obviously that's an issue. Yep. Yeah. So thirty-five bucks. So now for so for them, it's it'll it costs them thirty-two dollars for a yeah transactional fee that minimal, but it's big enough where it can help people actually afford a home. Right. So, but should those people be buying houses? Maybe, maybe not. Depends. A
0: lot of people have some weird stuff on their credit. Situations are situational. Yes, exactly. All right, which brings us back to yeah, the yeah down the down payment, down payment assistance. assistance programs.
1: Yeah, everybody you know thought that you know oh down, they a lot of people labeled them as first time home buyers. Right. Which is which. Here, maybe let me
0: set the table with this. Okay. When um, I got on the team, there's a lot of and. And you don't know anything. You're trying to still figure stuff out. You've got the people helping you out to try and guide you through it. There's people who would call and say, "Hey, I'm looking to buy a house. It'll be my first time buying a house. So heard that there's these first-time homebuyer programs where I can get ten thousand dollars that would help uh, that would go towards buying this house. Um, so I want to figure out how do, how do I apply for that program." Yeah. And then. Yeah, and I think even that back
1: then, like they still they just used that more of an advertisement then it was
0: still essentially a down payment assistance program. Right. But anyways. Which, from what we were told, too, that didn't exist. Yes. It was the down payment assistance program. And when they actually, when the lender sits down with you, and obviously anything numbers-wise, we talk about fact-check with a lender, uh, we've got references for you, but if you have one, great. Anyways, um, they'd be like, yes, you can get I think it was over five thousand dollars in some cases in down payment assistance, but they didn't just go, hey, here's a check for five thousand dollars, go yeah. nuts. They yeah. said, Here's the check for five thousand dollars and your interest rate might be several percent higher now. Yeah, exactly. Uh well
1: I mean like back in the day when uh we bought our first home two thousand twelve. 2011 there was actually government assistance programs where we actually got eight thousand dollars from the government for a down payment so it's like we put an offer in and then the government paid eight thousand dollars for our down payment and like it was free money like
0: they don't they don't do that anymore which and also what was happening in 2012 yeah recovering from the fallout of 2008 yeah well we also bought
1: a three bed two bath three bed two bath house about 1,300 square feet for $79,000. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was a HUD home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that was definitely a different market. But anyways, yeah. But like what you were saying is like they don't cut a check to you. It's essentially um, you're getting two separate loans. You're getting your home loan and then there's a second loan that acts as a lien on your home for your down payment assistance. And you... You have essentially two payments that they're wrapping into one for your, your house payment. Um, but with these down payment assistance programs, it's they're, they're making it way more affordable. So there's like, you know, like uh, Fairway Mortgage has their own down payment assistance program. Uh, there's like the uh, Home Plus, Home and Five stuff. And there's all like different requirements to meet. Uh, but like so with these down payment assistance programs, you can get in. I think with fairways you can get in with a FICO score of 600,
0: which is going to be a good amount lower than a yeah, lot. Yeah, you can't of even get in. One. Yeah, if
1: you have a 600 credit score, you're not going to get approved to get a rental. Right. You know.
0: Uh. So, but yeah, the other Home and Five and Home Plus ones, they're even they're at 640. So, okay, question then. We talked about if you are getting down payment assistance, usually your interest rate is going to be a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. So with these- Not on the, yeah, usually not on the initial loan, but on the second loan. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, So with these ones that we're talking about here today, if it's the home in five or from Fairway, uh, what are the benefits that we're seeing? Uh, Is there anything else uh, besides the lower FICO score that they're willing to accept? yeah so that's just one of the main benefits it's because a lot of people have issues
1: with well, the people i run across they don't necessarily have an income problem you know it's more of a their you know fico score they mess up in the past and they just never did anything about it or they're just bad with their money they have things in collections they make good money but they're just not paying it off kind of thing you know so having the lower fico score makes it easier to get in um and then a lot of these programs have uh, repay slash like forgiveness. So after the third year, your loan is actually forgiven and you don't have to pay it anymore. And so that would then drop your payment. Yeah, essentially, yeah.
0: So it act almost like PMI, which is your yeah. There's a bunch. There's like there's like different that.
1: programs. So when you talk to your lender, they're gonna put you in the one that fits you best right. on your needs. Because there's ones where it'll drop off with the forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, there's ones where that second loan, the down payment assistance loan, um, is uh, uh, for three years. It's interest free. You know, so, so you're not paying any extra interest on it or anything like that, which is you know almost as good as uh, getting it forgiven and stuff. Uh, but there's, you know, there's small little things like uh, um, a lot of the programs, you, they require you to take a educational class, which is usually like an online, you know, two-hour course where you click through it and it's just to, you know, supposedly help. Get a certificate get, at the end of it. Yeah, and get people to be more knowledgeable about the finances and kind of what you're getting into. Yeah. Kind of thing. But you get the lower uh, FICO score. Um, some of these do have income limits, so, uh, which is a... 100 just over 126,000 um which is that's a pretty high loan limit for somebody who's looking to get down payment assistance program right
0: and like you said it's if someone has very good a very good income like the 126,000 mm-hmm. and your fico scores the credit because of whatever reason there's credit repair companies out there and they're not just I, the guy who owns the gym I go to, mm-hmm. he has a credit repair business. And they're, it, they're, there are people out there where it's not just some scummy, oh, we'll, yes, we'll do scam. some weird finagling to get this. It's like, no, there's an actual process on how we get this done. And they're going to walk through with you. Here's They get to look at it from the credit reporting side to say, here's why it's reporting so low. They can get that fixed. So exactly. if you're above that income limit and you have just been a little ignorant with what you were supposed to do, mm-hmm. Call the people that you need to to get that up. The nice
1: thing with those programs is that they'll they'll actually, like, sometimes you have to, like, request things to get it taken off of your score and all that stuff, and they'll do it for you. But a little hidden secret gem, you know, like, lenders act as credit repair. So they look at your credit, and they can, because especially lenders that are good, like, they're knowledgeable in, you know, why a credit score might be low. Uh, you know, based on, like, you know, too much money on this credit card. So they can give you advice on, like, hey, pay down this one to this amount of money, this to this, pay off this kind of thing. Oh, let's get this off. You should need to contact this company to get this off of your thing or call this company and um, uh, negotiate with the uh, collections person, you know. So there's a lot of... So there's there's so many... If you... That's the problem, though. Like, a lot of people who have these issues, they don't... They're just the reason why they are where they are is because they want to pretend like it's not there because they get overwhelmed with it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people out there that, you know, can help you get through all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but even there's programs where if you're a first responder, a teacher and stuff, you can get an extra 1.5% down payment assistance. And all these programs, you can get anywhere between 1% to 5%. Most of the time, it's around 1% to 3% of the purchase price. And that's price for the down payment. For the down payment. Or closing costs. Yeah, and or and or closing costs. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll help. So you might see sometimes people might advertise it as get inside a house for zero down. So that essentially you're just getting a down payment assistance program in order. So you don't have down payment. You don't have that. You don't have closing costs. And even if, um, especially right now in this market, like you get down payment assistance program, you know you might want to use all of it and put 5% down instead of 3%. And then when you put in offers with your agent, you can ask for concessions and let the seller pay for your closing costs. So yeah. there's a lot of ways to get to get inside of a home these days. And so, uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Especially, I mean, a real estate agent, everybody knows one these days. You know, their mom, their cousin, second cousins are real estate agents. Mason. Yeah, or me. But like, yeah, they're good. Real estate agents are good resources because they know a lot of people and they can put you in touch with the right people. But yeah, talk to somebody. You know, just you know, what, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? I think that's what people get so scared of too. Yep. And the other thing too, when people get scared of, they're like, oh, well, I just, I don't, I know my credit score is bad. I know I'm not gonna get it. You know, I don't want to run my credit and make the credit even worse. Well, if your credit's that bad, and if running your credit for a credit for a home loan
0: docks you points, like, how much more is that really going to hurt? And if I understand correctly, it's it's not going to dock you considerable points unless you're running it, like, with five different lenders outside of a 30-day window.
1: Yeah, I think it's a 30. It might even be longer. Like, I think it might be, like, a 90-day window. You can get multiple
0: as long as, it's, like, through, um, Which like not. they know it's a home loan. Yeah, you know? and they can verify that with the lender before they... Do the credit check, but if you are going to... And here's the thing, too, is like a lot of people who
1: are anal about their credit scores, like they have Experian and stuff. Well, they don't... Experian stuff uses their own formula to best, you know, match, (coughs) excuse me, your FICO score. So if you do get your credit ran when you're trying to get a home loan, you're going to notice on Experian that your credit score dropped. But... On your FICO score, which is the one that matters, that home that lenders and everybody run to look to see, nine times out of ten, you don't get a single point docked from your credit score. If anything, you might get one to two points, depending on what your credit score is, and if in the you know more recently you've had it run for getting a car loan or a credit card or anything like that, you might get one, maybe two points knocked off. If anything at all. Mm-hmm. But also too, like that's like a thirty day window. Yep. And a lender knows that too. They're like, oh, you know, pull your credit score, it's at, you know, seven eighteen. But if you got seven twenty score, like they'll be like, Oh, thirty days that'll be off, so they'll quote you at seven twenty credit score, you get under contract, and they'll they'll take care of all that on the back end. Yeah. So as bad as interest rates are and as bad as freaking cost of rental homes right now. Like if you can afford over a two thousand dollar uh rental home, which is usually the going rate now to get inside of one. Unfortunately. Like, what does it hurt to see if you can qualify for, you know, own a house versus instead of renting it?
0: Yeah. If you're one of the four point five million people in Maricopa County, mm-hmm. we have a realtor for but, you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but with that
0: said too, you know, your
1: specific situation it might be smarter to rent right yep. now
0: situations
1: that's why i like, it. like yeah i'm not here to say like oh you have to buy a house blah blah blah. it depends on your situation and what you're going through um if you have a plan of action on what you want to do where like you know a plan where renting isn't long term it's like I think it's a great life. option yeah
0: yeah you're renting an apartment right now yep and the big part of it was hey do we have the cash on hand to really get all this stuff done there weren't uh, down payment assistance programs on the table that we wanted to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, this is fairly new too. By yeah. The way. Um, so that's the other thing where we're like, all right, we're gonna rent. We found a good price on an apartment, and the whole plan is to really get our financial legs under us with the intention of buying a house. So yeah, yeah.
1: Well, a buddy of mine that's in the industry, he bought a home four or five years ago. You know, was business was isn't as well as he wanted to. They actually sold the home, made a fuckload of money off of it, paid off all their debt. They're debt-free. They don't even own a home now. And now their plan is they uh, prepaid for 18 months of rent. So now they're living in a home for 18 months, rent-free. They don't have to pay rent, just utilities. And they've got a a plan of action to end up buying a, a home again in 18 months. That's great. But it's like yeah, like that's that that's a really smart move to do instead yeah. of
0: just like oh no, I want to own a home, which, I want to own a home and do this because that's fine. But like, which in the common theme that it came down to at the end of the day for this is it's discipline, it's financial discipline. Oh yeah, right. It's, with anything we, we talked about with the credit score, we talked about with the saving for the down payment, all that good stuff. So it's it's if you're married, if you have a significant other, whatever it is, it's being on the same page, putting a plan together, executing the plan. It's not sexy. It's straightforward. And that's it.
1: Yeah. And the odds, too, you know, if you're paying 2500 bucks a month, you get one of these down, down payment assistance programs. Is and, uh, right here? oh, yeah, it is DoorDash. I wonder if they're here. All
0: right.
1: Can you hit pause? Um, or do you just want to talk to them on the phone? We can talk to them on the phone. Let's talk to DoorDash. Hello, this is Mason. Hello, hey, this, is Mason. Mason, this
0: is Robin from DoorDash. Hey. Hey, I am sitting out front right now by the State Farm
1: uh, business. Oh, uh, what car are you in?
0: White. I'm in a white rat
1: All All right, perfect, I'm coming to you. Perfect, All right. <laughs> Can you just point to
0: him? Yeah, he's right outside. All right, Well Mason takes his trip around the block I have a building process to go through with you guys. So this one came up uh, just recently at a uh, let's look at the camera. Let's see the people. There we go. This came up at a uh, hall bathroom renovation that we were doing out in Scottsdale. The homeowner wanted to do uh, a very high gloss black. Uh, Finish in their hall bathroom on the walls and it has then turned into the ceiling. So uh, They saw a design on Pinterest and they were like hey, can you do this and which for us is Perfect because they kind of give us here's what we want the final product to look like so on our end We just have to kind of get it there. So uh, it is a We were able to look into it because what she had showed us was a mirrored finish on walls and so it's not a mirror it's not something special you do with that but it has such a lacquer finish that you can just about see your reflection in it we're able to find out that this product is called uh, is through a company called fine paints of europe and they're able to achieve such a reflective sheen on it. So with paint you've got flat, which is no sheen And then you've got your eggshell velvet semi-gloss gloss and the gloss is then on a range as well telling the people we've got a hall bath that these people want a specific paint on anyways, so for the hall um, For this one I was through some research found out that the gloss that these people were looking for is a 90 sheen Sheen is measured on a zero to one hundred scale. One hundred being a mirror. So this paint is able to go on and provide a ninety out of one hundred scale. So you can just you can see, just about see yourself pretty dang well in the reflection of this paint. Why would you want that? I'll show you pictures. Free, if you if some you guys shit? no no it just like um you got to see it cuz on some of the woodworking stuff it it's like in libraries and it looks badass does it oh dude is it expensive you want to know how expensive yeah. it is yeah
1: what's the typical can 40 bucks
0: all right so it's an oil based paint so it's more expensive yep. first of all i think and since they're getting it from europe it's not in gallons it's in what is that um uh liters the liters yeah yep so you buy it in liters, uh, so it's already more expensive just on material. But the material's one thing. The was that at 84? You're sweating it out of here, huh? Um, here's the real kicker. Black is the hardest paint to do, first of all, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, for this, though for them to apply fine paints of Europe paint to a wall, they need to get it perfectly smooth. So when I called one of the only painters in Arizona that does this, he told me, he's like, hey, this is not something that your drywaller does. This is something we come out and do to get your walls perfectly smooth. The process that it takes for us to go through it is we need to get those walls so perfectly smooth, then we also need to get it to be a completely COMPLETELY dust-free environment. Jeez. So, from what I was told, there's some guys who will have fans going in a room with like uh, kiddie pools in there to collect any dust that is blown into the air in the water. He said that to do a hall bathroom would be two to three weeks. This is just for the paint alone. The cost that we would have to charge the customer to make all of this happen was going to be $14,000. Jeez. This is not a big hall bathroom. There is a shower, there is a toilet, there is a vanity. $14,000 for the paint. Did they do it? They did not. Okay. Because they heard that, and that would have been a very considerable chunk of the entire renovation budget. Yeah. So that brings us to... That makes up I, mean, I didn't even think about the dust. Like obviously with that high
1: of a sheen, you want smooth as possible, otherwise it's gonna look weird as fuck.
0: Dude. It, Every little detail you're yes, gonna see. Yes, it almost is a freaking mirror that you're looking at. I'll show you pictures and if you guys want, look it up on Instagram. Find Paints of Europe, Pinterest, whatever. Go to their website, I don't care. It's the pictures that they've got are nuts. Anyways, uh, Dunn Edwards has a product called Arista Shield, and they've got a high gloss. It's a uh, synthetic, so it's part latex. I think it's part latex, part oil-based, or part, uh, part latex, part water-based, and um, it uh, it can get a 70 sheen. So it's not 90, but it's still, like, you start walking up to the walls, and you can start to see your shape reflected to you in the sheen. It's nuts. But we were doing black, and what we found out is black is one of the hardest to do because it will show any imperfections in the wall if you thought white was bad black is 100 times worse did you find it no no uh did you look at fine paints of europe
1: no i didn't go that deep
0: what are you doing anyways uh so it requires a lot of sanding basically making those walls perfectly smooth which is some people will call the level five finish and it has been a it's been a journey for us to get it done but it's one of those things where if you don't want to go the ultra luxury route of the fine paints of Europe, you can still achieve a lot of that high gloss finish. And if it's not black, it's a lot easier too because the walls don't have to be as scary perfect as you would with um with a black.
1: Yeah. That's nuts.
0: Yeah. All right. Um something we had talked about going over in the podcast is what do employers offer to employees? So we kind of did a hard left turn in our topics real quick, but I know we don't have too much time left in our recording because you've got a family that you probably want to go see. And food to eat. Not too. <laughs> but um, kind of going over the topic of what do employers offer to employees? And part of this is we didn't, I didn't want to make it a rant because I I don't really feel like I've got anyone to rant against. But every once in a while, you'll, you seem to kind of get this attitude from people, which is not often, but I've got employees and I pay them like, what else, what else am I supposed to offer to them? Um, But I think more probably the general thing that we're hearing right now is I'm having such a hard time uh, hiring people. There's people who don't want to work, things like that. Um, But when we kind of dig into it, the question then becomes, what are you offering to the people who would be employees for you? Why would someone want to work for you? It And we see this in all industries. I, I, I don't have an industry necessarily to call it specifically, but we kind of want to dig into what do employers offer to employees? And as people who um, want to be essentially having employees or for you, you'd be working with partners. But if you're going to be in a team or team lead capacity, it's like, what what would, be, what would we be looking to offer to them? So um, some of the stuff we had listed out are going to be the pay and benefits, skills and training, flexibility, uh, flexibility or convenience. Did you have anything else we want to throw on that list real quick?
1: Name, rattle those off again. You said those quickly.
0: The pay and benefits. So it's, for some companies, it's like, hey, if, if it's Costco, right? You get a decent salary there, but also the benefits... Uh, sometimes are a thing that really keeps people there. Mm-hmm. Same thing like for my wife where yeah. she works at Phoenix Children's and they've got great health insurance because they're with the hospital, stuff like that. So it's like, okay, she gets paid well, but it's also the benefits are great. Yeah. So that's something that as an employer you can really attract someone with. The skills and training. This would be something where people would acknowledge, hey, I, I can't pay the same as maybe a larger company, but what I can do is if I target going after people who are – straight out of college to say, I can train you, but I do need you to work hard for me. I'll try and help you get the skills that would translate to a larger company. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last one we had listed here was flexibility and convenience, which is gonna be, for some people, if that means, hey, I've gotta work close to home or close to my kid's school so I can pick them up or the convenience of a flexible schedule, stuff like that to allow for certain things in the lifestyle. I think one that I did forget to put on there that you did mention before we started recording was going to be upward mobility Mm -hmm. in a company. And for some people, they see that as if, if I come into a company and they're continually hiring the upper management positions, just from externally, it's why do I have a motivation to be here when I could be in a different company that does offer some of the higher paying benefits, the, different skills and stuff for the Mm -hmm. people who want to move up, things like that.
1: Yeah. What was your question?
0: Which for us, it's kind of just, I don't know. To me, it's more just kind of like bouncing around with thoughts on that. As far as what do you see, what do you see in terms of, I'd say I look at a prime example of this might be teachers Mm -hmm. or people in that industry. Like my mom, uh, she works for a school. She's a teacher's aide, and um, she doesn't get paid a ton of money. Like she could get paid more money doing fast food. And they talk about how they're struggling with getting more teachers aides, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things too, where it's like, okay, what is the employer offering, yeah. and what should employers be offering? Because we hear a lot of people talk about, hey, like I, I'm willing to pay people fifteen dollars an hour, and I can't get anyone. It's like, so maybe. Let me set the table like this. I come to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I say, I can't, and I'm going to say I'm not doing Never mind. I come to you and say, I can't get anyone to work for me for $15 an hour. It's ridiculous. What's going to be your response to me as far as if you're going to say in almost like a business coaching or just a friend who's helping me analyze the situation?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's just like, okay, well, what else are you offering? You know, I think as a, like a, a business person... If like a lot of those like the uh, the Amazon companies, you know, but like, oh, they offer, you know, high wages, you know, but like um, to do like to make phone calls or to like do something, you know, pack stuff, do stuff like that. They pay they like that's how they advertise and get a lot of people to work for them. But you're also in doing that. I think you're also getting people who are you pay them twenty one dollars an hour. You're probably not going to get the work ethic of $21 an hour, or you're gonna get people that are there just for the paycheck, so they're just gonna get the job done and not go with kind of the extra mile. So my opinion is like, you know, paying the most, you know, depending on what type of job it is, obviously, if it's an entry level job, like you're not gonna get necessarily the best candidates where some people, you know, thoughts might be like, well, yeah. You pay more, you're going to get the better people to come work for you. Well, depends on the position. Uh, but, like, yeah. But if in your scenario we're having trouble, it's like, well, what, al- what else are you offering them? You know, as far as, like, what is the job? You know, is it entry level? You want somebody to learn? Uh, I think the biggest thing, which is what I, you know, I would tell my kids once they get older, it's, um, you know, um, what how can wh- how can you benefit from working yes you want to work for somebody but it's also like whoever you work for what else like what else can you how can you benefit from there like um i'm talking more probably as like an employee right now mm-hmm. but it's just like you know what else can that company you know but if you want you want essentially as an employer you want people to think like that because those are going to be your harder workers I was like, well, you know, what else, what else can you learn from? Uh, Can you teach? Is this something you want to, you know, stay in long-term? So is there a lot of upward movement? Are they going to teach you how to do things? Or are you just going to be a grunt and do whatever I say? So Mm -hmm. to you, trying to get people to work for that, you know, be more advertising and pitching, be like, hey, like this is, you know, um, because obviously just knowing you that, you want to. You're somebody who wants. If you have people working for you and you're making money, you you're not going to be the only one making money. Like you're going to be somebody who you know is going to give mm-hmm. raises and stuff like that. Which as employee, that's hard to find. Pinpoint employee that's going to to be like that. Uh, but it's more of like you know selling yourself slash your company. It's like hey, like this is where we are now. This isn't what it's going to be in the future. You mm-hmm. know like. I can offer you, you know, shadow whatever the shadow thing is. I can teach the training, you this, yeah. the tra- I can teach you the onboard skills that you need in this industry, which is more important than actual any kind of certificate or anything like that. So, uh, the teaching, the moving up, the right. uh, the you know the, you know, this isn't you know, I'm not a multi-million dollar business right now. Like you're getting in at ground zero. Right. Like where do you wanna go? Right. You know. So that's what I would say. It'd be like it'd be more of pitching, you know. Uh like in your scenario if you're having if like if you're not having trouble people interviewing, you're having trouble people like once you go through the interview and you say like the amounts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. getting people to actually agree, you definitely wanna pitch on like what you're gonna learn, what you're gonna do, mm-hmm. how you're gonna do it, move up all these benefits. From working with the company. FaceTime. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess the, we the have to have, be more of like a specific question, I guess.
0: Right. Which, and I think in terms of looking at it from the employer side, like if, if we were to talk, be talking to employers as far as they're saying, hey, I'm offering $15 an hour for this position, why, like, why am I struggling with this? And it'd be to say, all right, y- you need to figure out, who you're marketing to right yeah. now because right now with how the job economy is there's a lot of open employment out there so we're not in a 2008 position where a lot of people are out of a job and they they're they're going to take a good op- whatever good opportunity is in front of them mm-hmm. there's a lot of good opportunities out there and a lot of those good opportunities like we said it's if in n out's paying eighteen dollars an hour uh, Walmart, in some cases, I think their minimum is now like 17 50 It's like it, the $15 an hour guy has to now come to terms with, hey, there's a considerable chunk in the market that is paying more than you are. Mm-hmm. If financially you can't do that, you need to then figure out who you're marketing to in regards to your hiring process. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a... A person who has skill, a certain skill set, like if it's in the trades. if're you're, if you're looking for someone who has a skill in the trades, then you might need to look at the pricing. And obviously like that would go into a higher level, like well, maybe not higher level, but like a deeper level of looking at someone's books. But if, if we were to kind of set that aside, the skill set aside for the minute, but to say the person that you're advertising to is going to be probably most likely someone that isn't going to take a lot of onboarding isn't gonna be someone who's gonna have a lot of skills that you need to pay for, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Who should you be targeting? It could be high, people who are in high school, college, things of that nature, so they need a good job. But then also, can you provide a certain amount of flexibility? Can you have more employees to allow for more flexibility but have them more on a part-time schedule? Things mm-hmm. of that nature. So it's getting creative and understanding the nature of the employment environment right now out there. Mm-hmm. So and how that I've kind of translated this to what I'm looking at in Saito. And one of the hard parts is uh, for the, the guys that I work with, I made it very clear as far as I don't need you to know all the skills. I'll teach you them here because I have a certain standard that I want them to be done with or a certain way that I want the people to conduct themselves. I'm going to pay you uh, a high wage that is going to be pretty freaking high for what the construction market is doing right now. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is I'm going to pay you a lot, but I expect a lot of you. So when I can come and make that pitch to someone to say, hey, I'm offering training and a skill, uh, a very good wage with that as well, I'm now able to have my pick of who comes to work with me. So it's also understanding as the employer that, what function are they going to be doing at $15 an hour? Mm -hmm. So being able to step back and say, here's the financial resources I have. How can I also, are there things that I can manipulate just beyond the $15 an hour that would make someone want to choose this over something else? The other one, like we said, would be convenience and flexibility. Can you hire people that are local that might not want to be traveling as far or don't have the, the ability to travel as far. So this would go back to high school students would be a good one. If you have a local high school in the area where you've got some kids who do wanna make some extra money and if you can have that flexibility of schedule that uh, they can then walk to the business uh, that they, they're gonna work at if they don't have a car. So you're not competing with people outside of maybe then a one mile radius at that point. So mm-hmm. it's all those factors that start going into, in a bad economy, yes, you're going to be able to set, like, the power of negotiation is on your side. Here's what I offer. If that's not for you, go go look at another booth to see if they've got something. Mm-hmm. And in a bad economy, a lot of times they don't. In a good economy right now, where there's a lot of opportunity, you've gotta be the one saying, hey, here's what I offer, will you come join me on this? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you start it off, you pick
1: your demographic or what kind of people you're going for whether it's, you know, high school kids or people coming out of college or whatever, but it's almost like, yeah, it's almost you have to ask the right questions It Could be, be like, a mom even too looking to work part-time to be able to take
0: care exactly. of the kids. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, if you got if you're advertising, you know, you got part-time, full-time, flexibility, Kind of thing. Because, you know, I mean, when you have job openings, you, there's some type of marketing you have to do for it. Mm-hmm. But then you can, you know, what kind of person you're looking for. But also, like, in the interview process, you know, ask a lot of questions on, like, you know, why are you doing this? What interest do you have in this? Do you see yourself doing this, like, in the future? Is this, like, a, a side gig for you? What do you like to do?
0: Kind and as the, as the employer understanding that too, whereas that's it, what I mean. If, as it, the if it is a high turnover thing, it's like how do how do I develop this position to be a high turnover, low barrier of entry job that they can jump into.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if you can. Like, can you control the turnover rate? I think that I think that goes to your uh, the work
0: environment. Yeah. Well, yes and no. To like when you think of like fast food, right? There's going to be a high turnover rate because usually I guess I'm
1: thinking more of the uh, in your your field, the construction
0: field, right? Which that would go back to all the things that we said. It's the pay flexibility, all those things. So it's like setting up what we talked about because there's some guys where it's they want to be able to like I I want to start at six, I want to be able to get off at two thirty every single day. This employer allows me to do that. There's I'm never asked to work any overtime. Like it's a very just black and white. So they're willing to hey, this guy's good to me and all that. So there are certain intangibles that are important for that person to then advertise as well yeah i think you just i think
1: yeah i think it just has to be more like strict like hey these are the hours like you like you said set the expectations when you work these are the hours kind of thing and then develop you know some type of flexibility as far as like uh the expectation is that you work these hours at least three days a week four days a week kind of thing um but in even offering so you could off, once you you know if you have a potential employee that you think that he's gonna be really good you know like okay well what do you like what do you want to do you know and kind of be like if i find out you know if you find out something you really like to do and and i think you're good at it then you know we're going to i'm going to put you on more jobs like this so you can get more th- more experience but also when that time comes uh, you're going to be one of the first people that I'm going to pay to get their certification to become a um, a certified whatever, mm-hmm. and you're going to be do- running that side for me. You know, it's a lot, especially your field. I feel like you need people that want to be in it. You know, I think the the good thing is is that when you get people to interview, like most of them probably aren't just looking for a paycheck. You know, they have some type of interest. Or enjoy theoretically. Like some, is one, sometimes you know? there's
0: other people where it's like, hey, I just need a good job. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. <laughs> We're the ones that'll take them. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And they just ask, you know, okay, well, what are you willing to do? Yeah. Because you, you also have to, as an employer, you have to set what your expectations. Mm-hmm. But then also the benefits of the benefits of them meeting those
0: expectations, what comes with that? Yeah. Which at the end of the day, money and a job is a transaction, right? Oh yeah. Cuz when if you're a W2 employee with you have you're doing a transaction if you're full-time, yeah. usually 5 days a week with your employer. I'm going to trade you my time, energy, efforts and skills for a certain wage. Mm-hmm. And so you need to agree on what those skills, energy, effort, time looks exactly, like yeah. and the money that is transferred for that. So we're talking about some of the extras in there as well, but all of this is a transaction that is happening. Oh yeah. Set the expectation like this fifteen dollars an hour,
1: the I'm only gonna give you work that required like fifteen dollars Like a lot of the some of the like other jobs too, like even especially teaching. Like, yeah, it's a, you know, you get paid to do this, but there's so much extra stuff that they have to do that they don't get compensated or they're expected to do. Yeah. Where it's at $15 an hour. This is what's expected. If I ask you to do anything else or anything more or anything like that, I will compensate you for that time. Yeah. You know, like if I ask you to watch over a job on here, uh, you're going to get paid this much that day. Right. Kind of thing, you know? Yep. Which... Yeah, that would be hard to. You definitely probably. I don't think. If you read the right questions in your industry, I don't feel like you're going to have too much turnover, as long as you're you know do a good job interviewing people. But or, I think you're going to get a lot of applicants that just aren't going to fucking work. Right. <laughs> like, which you might go through fifty applicants before you find one. But once you find one, you know, hopefully it's one that stays. Yeah, for long, And then once you get bigger, you know, you're going to have those lower end jobs or the turnover will be higher.
0: Which, and at that point too, which can, can be afford. a topic for another time, exactly. it, it would also be setting yourself up to understand how do I, how do I deal with high turnover? Mm-hmm. Fast food restaurants do it all the time. They're geared for, you can be here today, gone tomorrow, and that's okay.
1: Yep. They expect you to work that shift, bake fries, say hello, smile. That's it. Yep. And eventually, Not business. Even yeah. And eventually, businesses. There are. You do need to have those people. Yep. Just like everybody can't be an entrepreneur. You need, nope. you need employers in yep. order for to, the society to function. Yep.
0: Well, out of a podcast that we felt like we were going to have a rough direction on, we've got like an hour and twenty minutes out of it. Yes, we do. What are we going to call it? Uh, we'll figure it out. All right. Tell them where
1: they can find you. All right. You can find me on the IG at Mason Oxendale. If they want to reach out to you directly, yes, you can either message me on Instagram or call or text me. 623 824 1770. And I got some stuff in the works. You know, like we're always, like both of us, we got our business are always growing, looking to uh, give more. You know, and have more opportunities to speak to more people and
0: just give out some more, more free knowledge. <laughs> uh, you can find what I'm doing on the construction side at Saito underscore building. Um, I'm back from the honeymoon, so we are in full gear for the jobs right now. We're starting to book. We're booking out June right now. We've got yours booked for July. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have projects you want done, same thing. DM on Instagram or 602 471 8182. Let me know what you want done. Uh, if you guys have pictures, videos, that's always helpful, please, of your projects only. I do not want anything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, I hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi Fi fast, and you work blessed. See everybody.